Welcome to the Bleeding Blue and Yellow Podcast. This is your host, Peter. Back again, David. It's only been a day since we were doing this. Who would have thought? Josh Hader, we were making fun of the Brewers and the media for talking about the potential for a Josh Hader trade. You even said it's not July unless we don't hear rumors about Josh Hader being traded. Well, it happened. Shocking, I think, to everybody. Of course, the news coming today as we record here on Monday, August 1st. Josh Hader is no longer a Brewer. He's now traded to the San Diego Padres, and the Brewers bring back four players, some, I think, immediate impact guys, and some, of course, two prospects along. So we certainly have to jump on a bonus episode here, break down who these players are, um, player by player, talk about the trade. You know, does, Is this making the Brewers a better team, which seems like a surprising question to ask. Is this making the Brewers a better organization, which I think is actually a separate question, believe it or not. But uh, David, so much to talk about about this trade. What were your immediate reaction? I was shocked when I saw it, of course. Yeah, just yesterday we were talking about that. You had mentioned that we were talking about it, and I was saying that I don't really buy into the rumors. They're going to listen on him, and they're never going to actually make the trade, or at least a midseason trade involving Josh Hader. Looks like I was wrong. Um, not not too surprising, I guess. Uh, I feel like I've made a, some bad predictions on here, but this one would not have been one that I expected could have gone wrong. Trading Josh Hader, especially for the package that they did, was something I was surprised about. I thought that if the Brewers were going to trade Hader, it was going to be for a big bat. And that's not what they what they did. And I'm not necessarily saying it was the wrong thing, and we'll get into that more. But it was definitely something that was not at all what I expected was going to happen. I thought maybe they might deal from the periphery of the roster, but not one of the main players, even though... Maybe when you look a little deeper, it makes a little bit of sense. Yeah, absolutely. I know uh, I'm certainly excited to, to break down the trade, get your thoughts on whether you're a fan of this or not. But before we do that, I think it's important that we go through and talk about these four players that are now new to the Brewers, two likely to join, I think, the Major League Ball Club, and the first being left-hander Taylor Rogers. Brewers are getting a left-handed reliever, um, spent some time this year as the Padres' closer. Uh, David, we were talking about whether or not we'll see him in that closer role with Williams or not. But certainly he'll be one of the higher leverage relievers that the Brewers have in Taylor Rogers. So for those that aren't familiar with Rogers in his career, tell us a little bit about Taylor Rogers. Taylor Rogers, similarly, a sinker slider, low slot lefty. Sinker is a little bit different, more of a ground ball type pitch than a swing and miss pitch that, that Hayter has. He spent time with Minnesota primarily, and then now over the past year in San Diego, was an all-star in 2021, and this year he's a 4.35 ERA, 28 saves so far this year, which ranks actually second in Major League Baseball behind Josh Hader. You have to wonder, I would guess this is the first time that the two saves leaders were traded for each other, the, the top two in saves across baseball. Can't imagine that that's ever happened before. He struggled more recently, or in this second half of the year. He's allowed 21 runs over his last 22 games, but leading up to that, he had allowed just one run in his first 20 games. So kind of similar to Hayter, although maybe the struggles were a little bit less concentrated. Uh, if you remember the Brewers' comeback against the Padres when they were down, I think it was 4 nothing or 4-1 to back in late May, a couple hit-by-pitches. Um, and it ended up being a walk-off with nobody out. Uh, it was, a, I think, either it was a Jace Peterson triple, I think it was. But those came off 
new brewer, Taylor Rogers. And one thing that I saw that was interesting from Enosaurus of The Athletic, his arm slot has crept up recently a couple of inches. And as a result, he's lost a couple inches of movement, both vertically and horizontally on his sinker. And his slider, he's lost a couple inches, I think primarily horizontally. So, and it's got a little slower actually too. So perhaps that's something the Brewers can fix. Hopefully, I'm sure the Brewers see that. Um, and that's maybe adding to the struggles that he's had. That can be the difference between a ground out or a hard hit ground ball up the middle. That can be the difference between a swing and a miss or a ball that is kind of a bleeder that gets through. And so those are th those are kind of the things that are in Rogers' profile, the kind of pitcher that he is and how he has been so far this year. Yeah, thanks for sharing that, David. And I mentioned, of course, he'll be joining the likes of Devin Williams and Brad Boxberger in the back of the Brewers' bullpen uh, with big shoes to fill in Josh Hader and the success that he's had for years. Uh, certainly, we'll have to pay homage to Josh Hader and the, the outstanding, um, extraordinary, really best, perhaps, um, couple of seasons as a reliever the Brewers have ever seen. Um, perhaps that'll be an off-season episode. But Josh Hader, of course, was excellent. Taylor Rogers will now step in and perhaps fill the shoes of the closer role. But you were saying that it's probably more likely we see Devin Williams. Do you think we're likely to see a, a Boxberger, Rogers, Williams, uh, you know, in our stereotypical seventh, eighth, nine that, that comes about once in a while? I think the roles will be a little bit less rigid than they have been in the first half. I think maybe what was feeding into the rigidity of the um, of the roles was Hayter's supposed unwillingness to pitch more than one inning. I mean, Ken Rosenthal reported that it was more of Hayter than the Brewers that was using, that, that, that fed into Hayter being a one-inning reliever. And he does have the leverage to do that, being the best one-inning reliever in all of baseball. But it perhaps limited the Brewers, and it also, I think, was a big hindrance for the playoffs when you do want to have your best relievers pitching more than one inning. It seems that that was more of a hater thing than a Brewers thing. I think it's likely that we'll see Rodgers and Boxberger be more of co-setup men to Williams, and they'll mix and match with that a little bit. Rodgers is a little bit better against lefties, but not a huge platoon split. Can get both lefties and righties out. So... I don't know that we'll see a straight, if we're facing more lefties, use Rogers. If we're facing more righties, use Boxberger. But I would guess that it will be some sort of um, mix and match. And then primarily Williams in the ninth, although we don't have um, word on that from council on whether that is for sure what they're going to do. Yeah, and I think the other final piece to Taylor Rogers, and I was a little bit bummed when I found this out, Rodgers is a rental, so we're talking about a partial year from Taylor Rodgers in return for Hayter. Uh, we don't have any additional control in Rodgers. Of course, Hayter, we gave up a year of control in 2023, so this is it for Rodgers. You know, of course, the Brewers could choose to re-sign him. I don't think that's super likely, so we're probably talking about a partial year of Taylor Rodgers. Uh, David, just briefly, certainly we'll cover this as we get closer to the end of the season, but any thoughts on the likelihood that we see Rodgers for more than a partial year this year? I think it's possible. I mean, we saw Boxberger on a one-year deal last year, and then he really got better with the Brewers and liked the role that he was in and decided to re-up with the Brewers. I think that following a path like that would be 
probably the most likely reason that Rodgers resigns with the crew. But with relievers, they bounce around a lot, so I don't know if it's the most likely that that will happen. Yeah. No, I think that's I think that's probably a fair assessment. So second player, the Brewers acquired Denelson Lamette. This is probably the most, I don't know if I'd say intriguing, um, but interesting, perhaps, piece of the four players. Uh, I think a lot of Brewer fans, uh, overall from, from Brewer's Twitter, from what I've seen, have not been happy with the trade. We'll get to that more at the end. But I think Lamette is potentially one of the, the pieces that they're not super excited about. I, I'm actually interested in seeing how he plays out in Milwaukee. This year, he has been uh, far from good. 9.49 ERA in relief this year, which I guess you could say fits in with some of the Brewers' arms in the pen uh, that we've seen though so far this year. But he's been really ineffective against left-handers. Um, and David, why don't you share some some thoughts on why he hasn't had success this year or, or the best guess that you could have? Yeah, I mean, I say this more reading on him than having actually watched him. But his fastball has been less effective this year than it has in years past. And I don't know if that's because of a velocity change, a movement change. I, I really don't know the answer to that. But because of that, it's forced him to use his slider more. And his slider is his best pitch. But using it more, it's become a little bit less effective because hitters are used to seeing it more. And he's got a very good arm. He's very talented, uh, very athletic. But because he's had to use that slider more then his fastball gets hammered and the slider is less effective doesn't really have a third pitch to use against lefties and that's been where the issues have been this year and there have been plenty of issues seeing that he's pitched i think about 12 innings and allowed 14 runs 13 of which have been earned yeah certainly a little bit alarming of course in the earned runs that he's given up is it a lock that Lamette will be in the majors right away, or do we think that the Brewers may stash him in AAA for some time? I'd be surprised if they did stash him in AAA. I would expect him to be in the major leagues right away, but in relief, I'd be I'd be very surprised if they had him make any starts. Yeah, certainly, especially with the Brewers rotation that they've got, and Lamette really does have a solid track record. You know, from 2017 to 21, he threw over 300 innings, primarily as a starter with a sub four ERA an above-average strikeout per nine. So he he has shown success in the major leagues. I mean, it's possible the Brewers get a steal out of this one. Obviously, we could think back to the um, Trent Grisham, Zach Davies trade that the Brewers acquired Urias and uh, Eric Lauer in. I know, of course, our initial reactions to that trade may not have been super positive a year out or a year after that, of course, were far negative. And then, you know, a couple of years from now, obviously, Stern looks like a genius. So you know, are we going to see that every time in every trade he pulls off? I'm sure not. But Lamette is a guy with some upside that, you know, we could be talking next year about a lights out reliever. Who knows? Um, but he's definitely got the potential to be successful on the mound for the Brewers. So we'll see if the Brewers are able to turn Denelson Lamette into that surprising piece in this package. So those are really the two major contributors for the Brewers uh, in this year and perhaps next year. Lamette is arbitration eligible for next year. So the Brewers do have a little bit more than uh, just the rental that they have on Rogers. But the Brewers pick up two prospects in this trade. And this is these are, I think, important pieces. Uh, a Brewers picking up Asturi Ruiz, center fielder, speedy center fielder. David, I think there's a lot to like. I know you like Ruiz um, in this piece. So what do you like about Ruiz? And, and uh, like I said, probably starting in the minor leagues, but share some thoughts on Ruiz. 
Ruiz is probably the guy that I'm most excited about in the trade. I think long-term, he's probably the best player that the Brewers got back in the deal. Uh, he's played 14 games this year with the Padres, so he has spent a little bit of time in the major leagues, and he's really dominated in both AA and AAA this year. I'm not sure if he will start out in the majors. I think part of that depends on if the Brewers make any other moves, although I certainly would be an advocate of Ruiz getting time really as an everyday player in the majors right away. Interesting. I mean, certainly the Brewers, I mean, it, it's a strange trade in the sense that he's not really a, you know, major league ready. I mean, depending, I guess, how you how you define that. But there's still some development that he certainly needs to have. So it's interesting to think that the Brewers would be adding a center fielder like him with the intent for him to play significant time in center field. So I would be surprised if we see him a lot this year. Uh, perhaps they give him uh, some more time in AAA really help him continue to develop and then look more to next year from him. But there's always, of course, a chance that the, the rookie bursts onto the scene and, and does become a staple in center field. And I mentioned, of course, the speed. Uh, he's stolen 60 bags already this year with only nine caught stealings across 77 games in the minor league. So he's certainly elite when it comes to speed. And, and David, you were mentioning before the podcast that Keith Law of The Athletic really likes the changes that they've seen um, from him as a hitter as well. Not necessarily a guy who's going to hit 20 to 30 home runs in a season in the center field position, but perhaps could be a guy who's you know in that 35 to 45 doubles and triples per year. Uh, certainly a, more of a gap-to-gap -gap hitter. So interesting to note, too, that the, I was actually unaware of this before today. Uh, pretty much instantly, they rank the, the new prospects in the Brewers organization. So David, where do they have uh, the Brewers' new center field prospect, Ruiz, in their top 30? They have him ranked ninth, but I think he's got a good shot at either moving up in the rankings or perhaps even graduating from those rankings by the end of the year by virtue of him being in the major leagues for long enough if the Brewers decide to go that route. Yeah, absolutely. We'll see. And actually, I won't uh, I won't uh, spend time on this today, but we got to definitely talk about Jackson Churio and uh, his update in Prospect World as well as he continues to burst onto the really national scene among prospects. So I guess I'll give a little teaser for a future episode as we touch on that as well. But final piece here of the trade, this is probably the one I would say I'm most excited for. I think there's something to be excited for in Rogers. He's been an all-star closer. There's something to be excited about in Lamette. He has some high upside, I would say, and has had some success. Ruiz, similar, similarly um, to Gasser, of course, more future-minded being a little bit more of a prospect, but Robert Gasser was a second round pick recently. And I think is a guy who could make an impact for the Brewers in the same window, uh, which is a little bit surprising given that he's a left-handed pitcher in high A ball. But David, share a little bit about Gasser and when the Brewers and Brewer fans might expect to see him making an impact on the Brewers major league roster. Yeah, he was a second rounder last year, but has shown good pitch ability, so he's someone who's pretty advanced for his age. I mean, he's 23, but he's advanced for being just someone who was drafted last year. Uh, he's got a good slider. His changeup he's developing right now and a pretty low slot, but it seems like he'll be able to stick as a starter. He reportedly, at least, has the, the demeanor of a starter and as well as the size and the conditioning of a starter. Um, he won't be up this year, but... 
I, I would be surprised if he's up next year. I would say probably early 2024. But you never really know with pitching prospects. They can develop quickly. Um, I would anticipating, anticipate him finishing this year in high A or maybe a late promotion to double A with him following that up uh, in double A at the start of next year if things go well. Yeah, certainly will take some time, but hopefully we are able to see him. And of course, we've talked about this many times and mentioned this. Of course, Brewers have been successful in developing pitchers. So Gasser, second round pick, certainly has talent. Uh, we'll see if the Brewers can develop him. He is now the eighth ranked Brewers prospect, so slightly above Ruiz, but uh, I think a little bit in different situations, of course, with Ruiz being already up in the majors versus Gasser in high A ball. But really, I think, intriguing to to this this, this package of, of players. David, we talked about David Stern's analogy of as getting as many bites of the apple, if you didn't hear that on a previous podcast. We talked about how Stern's focuses more on numerous opportunities to win a championship rather than going all in and, and uh, you know, trying to win it all in one year at the detriment of, of future years. And there's certainly pros and cons to this, but certainly this trade, I think, very clearly shows his intent to try to give the Brewers an extended window to, you know, maybe it reminds me of the Braves run last year where they weren't really considered a World Series favorite. Of course, they went on to win. Is this, I mean, is this a good trade for the Brewers? My first question for you, I guess, would be, is this a good trade for the 2022 Brewers? And then after that, I'll follow that up with, is this a good trade for the Brewers organization? Which, I, like I said earlier, I think there is some distinction in that. I don't think that it's a good trade for the 2022 Brewers, but I don't think it's that far off. I don't think that like the Brewers got significantly worse today than they were before the trade. I don't think it's as big of a difference as it was, uh, or as, as, as many fans seem to indicate, or even national writers seem to indicate. And organization-wise, I think the Brewers, as an organization, got better today. Yeah, only it only takes probably a minute or two on, on Twitter to see Brewer fans' uh, general reaction to this. I really only saw a few positive comments on the trade, and it had nothing to do with the Brewers trading Josh Hader or any of the four players that they that they brought back in the trade. I, I saw a tweet that said Mariano just took over for John Wedeland, which I had to kind of chuckle about because, um, of course, Devin Williams likely taking over the closer role in some capacity. You know, he could be, uh, I'm not going to say he's going to be the next Josh Hader, but he could be an elite closer for the Brewers for several years uh, going forward, much like, of course, not to compare him to probably the greatest of all time in Mariano Rivera. But it certainly does open up an opportunity for Williams to really shine. You know, he just went from a fringe all-star, according to, you know, when he got elected to be an all-star. Of course, he was absolutely an all-star. But in the national media's attention, I think he was a fringe all-star to he could now be a top five, top ten closer in the game just about overnight. So I think it's really interesting to see the, the shift that, will occur in the bullpen between Boxberger, Williams, Rogers, some of those other arms as well, Lamette, of course, joining that. So I think it shakes up the bullpen. I agree. The, 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 2020, excuse me, the 2022 Brewers did not get better today, and Brewers fans are, are showing their lack of support for the trade as a result. It's difficult to be a Brewers fan in a small market team and see the Brewers having a really good year. I mean, it, it's a little bit comical to me to hear you say, well, the Brewers didn't really get that much worse from this trade. I mean, think about where we are. We're we're in first place in the National League. We're on pace to win 90 games this year. We're on pace to probably win the National League Central. And we're at the trade deadline talking about 
how the Brewers didn't get much worse at the deadline. Like that, that's a little bit, I think, uh, unorthodox. And in three years from now, we might look back and go, man, that was a great trade. But it's certainly really hard to see that right now when we're talking about trying to compete for a World Series. And this far at the trade deadline, we're talking about how we didn't get that much worse uh, as opposed to getting better. Yeah, I I would agree with that assessment in terms of um, it's difficult to trade your star reliever or one of your two star relievers when you are going to need quality innings at the back end of games, both in the regular season and in the postseason. But I think it may have been a move that was necessary, especially with Hayter being owed probably around $16 million in arbitration next year. That's a pretty steep price to pay for a small market team uh, on a for a closer, a one-inning reliever. Not to mention the fact that it's highly unlikely that they would have been able to been able to or chosen to re-sign him after that. And I don't even really think it would have been worth it to do that because I think he probably gets the biggest relief contract in the history of the game. And I just don't think that it's a smart investment to do that. So I think kind of dividing the assets up, you got more more cost-controlled assets in terms of Ruiz and Gosser. And uh, Ruiz is someone, too, that I could see even... I could see him being like an average player this year if they give him every day at bats. That's, a, that's far from guaranteed, but I could see that happening. And he's someone that's got upside to be in considerably above average regular. So I think if you add a, a pretty good center fielder, of course they have outfielders in their system, but you add another talented position player. He also can play second base, although he is definitely better in center field him and a good pretty good left-handed pitching prospect along with maybe some pieces that can kind of maybe soften the blow of losing hater i think all things considered that it was a trade that was worth making it's a bold move coming from a brewer fan at this point but i think that i think that again it's a very unorthodox trade david stearns will certainly hear from brewers fans both at the end of the season or really going from now on and especially in the playoffs I, I, it'll be it could be one playoff game that the Brewers blow, whether it's Williams, Boxberger, whoever, Rogers, and Brewer fans, of course, will be calling for Hater. Um, so I, Stearns, I, I think it's a gutsy trade by him, and it does remind me, um, just in the sense that the the trade that he pulled off in uh, in trading away Davies and, and Grisham for Urias and Lauer. Similarly, Brewers fans, I don't think we're very necessarily pleased with that trade, uh, letting Grisham go after the year that he had. For two guys who hadn't had really any success, ironically, also with the Padres. So, um, of course, time will tell. Gutsy trade, I think. I, I would say, as a Brewers fan, I'm a little bit disappointed, but I am optimistic uh, for the Brewers and, and some of those players they did acquire. So, David, before we before we go on this uh, bonus episode, I just want to mention one other topic quickly. Omar Narvaez. He's been in the news about a possible trade. Uh, but it almost seems a little bit more real as a real possibility after the Brewers part ways with Josh Hader. There's been increased news about the Brewers shopping Narvaez. Personally, I think that makes a lot of sense. We have three playable catchers uh, who have been decent, and Narvaez is the odd man out in that he's the most expensive. He's going to be a free agent. Um, is it after next year or this year? I'm forgetting. He's arbitration eligible through next year. 
although I don't think it's a guarantee the Brewers would tender a contract to him given their current catching situation. Right, and that's really what I, I see as, you know, he's he's the most expensive of them. Not that he's super expensive, but I believe it's around $5 million this year. Uh, so Brewers would save a little bit of money if they did trade him. They may bring him back next year. Maybe they don't. But even if we didn't get much for him, I, I would actually be in favor of making the trade because he doesn't really make us that much better to have three capable catchers. So I'd be in favor of marginally improving this team or even taking a prospect or two, which again might sound backwards, but I would actually be in favor of that. Again, as always, we'll have you covered here. Josh Hader, no longer on the Brewers. Unfortunate, but exciting to see what the Brewers can do this year. We will be back for our regular scheduled podcast coming out next Monday. We will be joined by a guest, so stay tuned for that podcast as well. Until then, this is Peter and David Go signing off. As always, go Brewers.